I've seen the triangle, right? I, fi I figured it out. Voice of reason, the, the solid, uh, hold it down, it's the beige rage, and the agitator. The Breakfast Club. Everyone just kept telling me to prep for this. One word to describe the Breakfast Club would be black. Impact in the culture. People watch the Breakfast Club for like news and really be tuned in, man. It, it, I don't even know what to call this Breakfast Club. It's like brunch. Envy, ye and Charlemagne. Wake that ass up, get out of bed, and listen to The Breakfast Club. I'm waking up. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 I heard, um, I, I think they said Angelique wasn't feeling well. Are she sick or something? Yeah, she wasn't feeling well. But I want to tell y'all something, man. Uh, first of all, thank you to everybody who um, listened to We've Got Answers. I started We've Got Answers yesterday on Audible. It's an Audible original that um, I dropped yesterday because, you know, if you're a, a, a black person who gets tired of answering questions about racism to, to, to your white people, your white mm -hmm. friends, uh, if you're a white person who feels like you want to ask questions but you don't want to come off as uh, racist or bigoted, we put this project together just for you. So I put together like a, a black brain trust of people that I highly respect from Dr. Claude Anderson to Teslin Figaro to Ebony K. Williams to Senator Nina Turner, Brother Nuri Muhammad, David Banner, a lot of dope, different individuals. Dope, dope. And I really, really, really uh, am, am, am proud of this project. I really do um, enjoy it. Well, congrats, man. Let me tell you a little story. So, you know, in the morning I drive to work and I'm driving, I'm chilling, I'm relaxing, head cocked back and I'm just... You know, just thinking about all nice things in the world, right? Turn my music up a little bit. That's not your music, it's Miguel's. I'm riding to the music. And I'm cruising down the highway and I'm just chilling. I'm, I'm in my zone. I look to the right and I see Bay. And I'm like, what the? Why was Gia out this early in the morning? No, you! Who, it was a who, huge who, billboard on Charlemagne on the side of the road. When you come through the Lincoln Tunnel, you see Charlemagne's big ass head. Where? Pause, pause, pause. Coming through the Lincoln Tunnel, you got like a big billboard and it says, We Got Answers. I haven't seen Aww. it yet. Yeah, no, nah, it's huge. It's Where's dope. it at? I almost crashed because I tried to pull my phone out to take a picture. You never do that? Like, you try to take a picture mm -hmm. fast and I couldn't get the phone out and I'm trying to slow up and the people behind me is beeping. It's but on yeah, the Jersey side of New York side. It's on the Jersey side, right before you get through the Lincoln Tunnel. So, Lincoln Tunnel, if you're not from New York or New Jersey, it connects Jersey and New York City. It's one of the major water rate ways between the two, but there's a huge one. So they spent a lot of money on that one. Yeah, it's me. That's not the cheap one. It's me, Tamika Mallory, Ebony K. Williams, and Dr. Claude Anderson on the billboard. Right? Yes. 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 Drop on the clues bomb. Ah, you can turn the OG on. Dr. Claude Anderson, the author of Powernomics. He's on a billboard. Yes. It's too, it, it should be. It's a billboard in, in the one Envy's talking about, and I think it's another one in L.A. on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, now this one I haven't seen either one of them yet. Right before you go through the Lincoln Tunnel, I take the Lincoln Tunnel sometimes in the morning. This morning when I took it, I seen that big-ass billboard. I tried to take my phone out to get a picture, but it was it was too late. Well, I'm, I'm, right, well thank you, Audible. Audible. Audible's high class. But for, <laughs> seriously, uh, I would love for y'all to listen to the project We've Got Answers. I think it's... I'm very, very proud of it because it's very, it's very, very informative. And I think it's a conversation that a lot of people want to have, but they're scared to have. So all our all our white listeners on The Breakfast Club, uh, this is for you. Right. It's not just for you, but it is for you. And you can learn a lot. And the commercial uh, is, is dope that y'all shot. It was really, really dope. Real, real creative. Audible's high class. But I just want to ask you one question. So in the commercial, you know, men and women come in and you tell them, you know, hey, I want to know about racism. You go aisle three. I want to know about this, aisle five. But one dude came... 
And when you told him mile three, you looked over the counter and, and looked at his ass on, as he walked off. No, no, definitely no. Did. <laughs> you seen it too, right? That's because he looked a little aggressive. Oh, so you wanted to see if his and ass he, would look no, like? No, he, he, he was an aggressive white. He looked like an aggressive white male. I was just making sure that everything was cool <laughs> and copacetic. Okay, didn't want to call for security. Didn't want to do them like they do us. Okay. All right, but just, you know. So you just checked them out. keeping an eye on them. All right. That's all. That's all right. It. All right. Now, we got some great guests today, Yes, the, the McBride sisters will be joining us. Now, if you don't know who the McBride sisters are, they have a wine called Black Girl Magic Wine. Where is that? It's right behind you, right Where? there. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Yes, sir. My wife was actually sending these out as um gifts. Over the holidays, Black really Girl dope. Magic. Yes, yeah. really, really dope. Wine tastes great. They they got they got a whole bunch of things that they're working on, and we're gonna talk to them. Mm-hmm. You don't really see too many sisters or, or black people in general in the wine business, mm-hmm. and they're gonna talk to us about how they got into the wine business. Now they're sisters, but they didn't grow up with each other. They kind of met each other when their father passed, but they'll tell you all incredible about story. It. Yeah, incredible story. So we'll tell you all about it. For everybody who don't really f with their half siblings. This is a good uh, this is, <laughs> good, this reason, is a good maybe, reason is maybe why you yeah. need to give him a call. Yeah, maybe why you should. All right. Well, we got front page news next. Yee's not here. Uh, so that means we're winging it. That's Let's right. Let's go, baby. That's right. Winging it on this fine Thursday morning. It's okay. Yeah, we got to talk about the Johnson & Johnson uh, COVID vaccine. We'll tell you about it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's go. All right. Morning, everybody. Do, who, who sings that song? Who is that? Pop Smoke. That's Pop Smoke singing? Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's Pop Smoke, Little Baby, and the Baby. I, lo- I love that. I love that tune, man. It's just like I know how to shoot and I know how to fight. All right. Well, let's get into some front page you up news. and shooting you and singing that. You sound so old saying, I love that tune. I love that tune. <laughs> love that tune. That, love that tune is great. I do love that That's tune. That's the joint. <laughs> okay, listen, man. I, got, I am who I am. All right. What y'all want me to do? Goodness gracious. Well, today is opening day in baseball for some of your favorite teams. Today, the New York Yankees open up. It's going to be the first time they're going to have uh, fans in the stands in over a year. So it's going to be 11,000 fans in the building. I think that's 20% capacity. It is so. that none of this makes no sense. They do this all the time. They what? put They're increasing the capacity in venues, but then you got the head of the CDC saying that we're headed for doomsday. Like, which is it? Yeah, well, it looks like millions of Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine doses have been ruined. They're saying 15 million doses have been ruined. They say Johnson & Johnson hired another company to help make the vaccine. They did something wrong, and 15 million doses will be thrown away. But they're saying the ones that are out right now, you're okay. That don't even make no damn sense. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Listen, they're saying the ones that are out right now, Johnson & Johnson, you're good money, but 15 million doses had to be I'm not I'm away. not an anti-vaxxer by any means um but yeah I'm just I'm, I'm still I'm still very skeptical about this COVID vaccine so y'all continue to go out there and do your thing mm-hmm. I'm watching from afar now Pfizer's vaccine uh are saying that it's 100% efficient when it comes to youth ages 12 to 15 I didn't know there was a vaccine that was 100% efficient I've never heard of a vaccine having 100% efficiency yeah that's what that's what they're saying when it comes to uh youth 12 to 15. They're saying it's 100% efficient. I don't know. Even um, the flu shot, not 100%, is it? I'm not tripping. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying on CNN. Now, I'm not confront. I've been hearing all types of cases. Now, of hold people on. Take- now, I just went to immune.org, right? 
And it says no. The first line is no vaccine is 100 percent effective. Give this to him, please. <laughs> Give that to him, please. Sir. I, can, it's, it's, I, I saw this yesterday on CNN too, and I saw the guy say that, and I was like, I'd never heard of a vaccine being 100 percent effective. Well, it says among people 16 and 25. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on out here in these streets. Yeah, but you know, I, I've been seeing a lot with the vaccine. I've, I've been seeing that you know some people taking it and been fine. Like I said, my my parents are fine. My wife is fine. I'm fine. Dramos is fine. And then I've been seeing people that have been having some crazy. Easy side effects. So yeah, I saw somebody's skin peel off. Yeah, I, I know that. somebody personally who um, developed uh, ball ball one, palsy. Some yeah, palsy balls, bells palsy, balls palsy. Mm-hmm. But they said it's only temporary, so it's just like you just don't know. You just don't know. You don't know how the vaccine is going to affect the body, and you don't know how COVID is going to affect your body. So, like you said, it, it is a crapshoot. You just I, don't know. I know what though, and CMOS I trust. Okay. <laughs> hey, I took the vaccine and I still see moss. I trust. And vitamins and juicing, I trust. And masking, I trust. And washing my hands, I trust. Absolutely. Now, in some sad news, four people, including one child, were killed in a shooting at an office building in Orange, California, Wednesday. Uh, two other people were injured in the incident, including the suspect. Police don't know what happened or why. They're getting more details. Uh, and that happened last night around 5.30 p.m. L.A. time. Is that being considered a mass shooting? It should be, right? Uh, yeah, it should be. They're saying that this is at least the 20th mass shooting since the Atlanta spa attacks two weeks ago. Hmm. Lord have mercy. I'm telling you, man, a good investment for any place that, you know, any building that has people is armed security. Absolutely. I don't care. Churches, grocery stores, you know, corporate buildings. Hey, man, invest in armed security because I don't know what the hell is in people nowadays. All right. Well, that is front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night, a bad morning, or maybe you just want to spread some positivity. 800-585-1051, huh? Shut up. No. <laughs> it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's the, Club. the Breakfast Club. Wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Steven. Hey, what's up, Steven? Get it off your chest, bro. Um, I just wanted to get off my chest. So I committed to a relationship recently, and she has two kids. So I was like, you know, Envy got this car show coming up. So we can go. She looked up the tickets. She said it even for the kids, like $30. Is that true? Kids are, uh, kids are three and under free. Oh, three and under. Okay, okay. And also, uh, to Charlemagne. Yes, sir. When he see that word homicide, just say somebody died. <laughs> don't say don't don't even try to pronounce it, huh? Yeah, Charlemagne is worse at the worst than homicide. Don't even try. And also, uh, can I shoot my uh, Instagram out here? Sure. It's Uncle Puno with a K. U N K L E underscore P U N A. Uncle what? Puna. Puna. Okay. Yeah. All right, bro, and I'll see you at the car show, man, July 3rd in Atlanta, man. And like I said, kids three and under are absolutely positively free, so bring the kids on out. Hello, who's this? Hey, peace and blessing, guys. How you doing? How you doing today? You sound familiar. Uh, Yeah, I'm very familiar. I just want to say that I hope Angela, you feel better. And I just want to send out some positive energy out there. For one second, a lot of people know that I'm Sean Stone. A lot of people know that I... You know, I drive a garbage truck. But also, I just opened my own uh, black business. Can I shout that out? Sure. <laughs> so, I just started my own lemonade business. And it's called Stone Tropical Limeade. And uh, it's the best limeade that's out there. It's very fresh. And if any one of you guys want to try it, just got to hit me up on my IG. 
the real Sean Stone one S T A T Sean Stone one S T A N S T O N E. And also, I want to shout out my boy Nick J. He just dropped a project on YouTube. Uh, his name is N Y C H J, and it's called Coke Town. And one more thing. Yo, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you supporting Nick G. But I'm also glad that the record is called Coattails because that's what you're doing. You're riding Nick G's coattails right now. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what you're doing. Nick G beat Trav, and you've been riding Jeez. his coattails ever since. Okay, Sean Stone. Hello, who's this? Good morning. This is Michelle calling out of Atlanta. Hey, Michelle, get it off your chest. I want to actually spread some positivity this morning to all the small business owners out there. Just want to let them know to stand strong during this pandemic that we will survive. And if I can, I want to shout my business out. Go ahead. All right. Um, so I have a pet taxi service. Um, my website is taxi, that's P-E-P-A-X-I, transit.com. And they can follow me on Instagram at taxi underscore transit. So you just be transporting people's pets around? Yeah, you know what? Take back your time, and we'll take care of your pet. Okay, all right. Well, thank you, Mama. All right, thank you. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Good morning, this is AJ from Georgia. AJ, good morning. Get it off your chest, bro. Uh, I just wanted to get on here. I listen to you guys every day, and I want to thank you guys for the opportunity uh, to express myself. But uh, I've been going to the doctor, me and my wife, for the past couple uh, months uh, to try to figure out why we weren't able to have a, a child. And long story short, uh, they told us it's not, you know, it's not anything wrong with the eggs or anything wrong with me, but uh, she she basically needs IVF. And the doctor is pretty confident that if we get this procedure that uh, we'll have a kid. So I don't know, I'm shooting my shot with you guys or anybody that you guys know or, or the listeners to try to raise some money for that procedure. We have insurance, but the insurance doesn't pay for that procedure specifically. Yeah, you ain't set up a GoFundMe. Uh, you know, we're not really on social media like that, but this this is, we just got done with the appointment, I want to say last week, where they finally finally told us that IVF, IVF would be successful, so this is the, my first outreach. Well, let me tell you something, my brother. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, 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 with crowdfunding. You know, like, like Killer Mike says, if everybody does a little, everybody nobody got to do a lot. But, I mean, you got to have a place where people can actually donate. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't just call the radio station and say, "Hey, I need some money." Like, where are we gonna send it? Yeah, I got you. I understand. Um, I just, I, I'm, I'm in the process. I'll go ahead and see what I can do as far as GoFundMe is, is concerned. But uh, I just wanted to definitely get on here to see if, you know, you guys could help out a little bit. Yes, we can. But you got to help yourself a little yeah, you bit. Gotta, you got to create so, a spot where people can donate. That's right. And I will say this: you know, IVF doesn't necessarily. It's not. A hundred percent. It's it's yes. very it's it's not that efficient. Um, there are other ways where you know people can help you get pregnant. Uh, you should definitely not help talk, him get pregnant. No, well, help his wife. Now, get if pregnant. you want to try, and I think he wants to try to help get you pregnant. Nah, nah, but there's, sir. There's, you, there's holistic ways that that work. 
Uh, there's other ways that work because IVF is very expensive. I mean, you, you're talking it could it could run you up thirty, forty grand depending on on how many procedures and shots and all that other stuff. So, I would also you know you can definitely raise the money, but look at other holistic ways that can can actually help as well. Yeah, we've been we've been looking into a lot of stuff, you know, but they pinpointed the main issue as far as like her her tubes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and they said that's the main issue. So. He, he looked at us and he told us, and we've been to two doctors, hey, this is the procedure that has the highest percentage for you guys to have a kid. Because uh, well, I'll so tell you this, right? And I, I don't even think um, we spoke about it before. For my last child, Brooklyn, uh, me and my wife couldn't get we couldn't get pregnant, which was weird to us because every other time, I mean, it, it happened so fast. So we tried IVF, and it didn't work. And that procedure cost a lot of money. And um, right after it, we uh, just you know, regular sex, and she got pregnant. Um, and that was from detoxing myself, and she detoxed, and there was di- different different holistic things that we did that, I, you know, I don't know if it worked 100% or maybe it, it just could have been God, but it did work, but IVF didn't work, and it was very, 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 very expensive. Set up the yeah, GoFundMe, so. bro. Yeah, set up a GoFundMe, and then I would check, I would check uh, Dr. Jesse, who's been on here before. She uh, has the Detox Now. She deals a lot with it. Go to DetoxNow.com, and, and they can definitely help you with your problem. You could you should check them out first and then try to IVF. And good luck, bro. All right, I appreciate it. All righty. Peace, King. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now, when we come back, we got to talk Young Jock. Young Jock, uh... He has a spray-on beard, and he's getting roasted for it. We'll talk about it when we Sounds, come back. Shut you, up! You can relate. Shut up! You can relate, Shut up! Huh, Envy? Shut up! You can relate. Shut up! I can't even believe you got the audacity to talk about my this. My beard is real. Like, look, Nigga, please. Pull, pull my beard. Pull I'm it. Good. Pull, good, pull my beard. Pull it. It's real something, but it ain't real hair. It is real hair. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. All right, morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the <clears> Breakfast <throat> Club. Let's get in some. Uh, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk, Young Jock. It's time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the rumor report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. The audacity of you to report this story. So, Young Jock is getting roasted after uh, debuting a fake beard. That's right. Envy that, did it first. Nope. Now, uh, I guess Young Jack has a spray-on beard, and people are making fun of his beard. Um, he actually literally sprayed it on, and people are upset about his uh, nasty beard. They talk, calling it mud beard, calling it a bunch of different what, names. The audacity of you. My Why? beard is real. The uh-huh. audacity of you to bring this up. Come pull my hair. Do we, have, we have audio of Young Jack? Mm-hmm. Put your face on live for $1,000. Somebody said it looked like black smudge now. I guess he couldn't grow his beard, so he decided to draw it you on. You can replace Envy with Young Jack and get those same jokes off, okay? Mm-hmm. Let no, me you ask cannot. you a question. Come let, me you, let me ask you a question. When y'all paint your beards on, you know, when you drown yourself in so much Beijing mm-hmm. that you look like DMX covered in blood on his second album cover, mm-hmm. who do y'all think y'all fooling? Like, we can see you. Bro, my beard is real. And the problem is y'all don't just get it on your head, you get it on your flesh as well. Whole chin looking suspicious. Bro. You know, there's a statistic that says men with spray-on beards get pulled over by police at six times the rate as men who don't. Did y'all, do you know that? Bro, I have a real beard. My beard is real. Young Jocks is fake. See, there's a picture. Like, see, uh, you have the nerve. Come, 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 
I don't want to touch. Dramos, as a person with a real beard in yes. the room, do you believe DJ Envy's beard is real? No, and I can't believe he has the audacity <laughs> to record. You. He's throwing stones when he lives in a Beijing house. It's yes, crazy. exactly. You know, Shakespeare once wrote, mm. uh, swear by one's beard, swear by the hair on my chinny chin chin. If somebody mm. with that paint on their face mm. swears by the hairs on their chinny chin chin, they lying. It's not mm. even this. Classic right. Shakespeare. All right. Well, shout to Diddy. Shout to my bro oh, Khaled. Oh, shout to Kevin Hart. Shout to Rick Ross. Shout to all my mm-hmm, brothers mm-hmm, out there, mm-hmm. man. I see y'all out there. He just want to burn everybody's house down because they wear <laughs> Beijing as well. It's just I just want y'all to know we can see you. Mm. Okay? My bed is real. I don't know what you're talking Boy, about. please. Let's keep mm. it moving. Romeo. Romeo <laughs> says being a black man out there in the world is never safe. No, can I stop for a second? We're not going to just slide by this. Because mm. you keep saying your beard is real. Because that's not a lie. The beard is real. My beard is real. You said the my beard The color of it is not. My, my color's fine. The beard is real, but the color <laughs> of it is not. Yo, shout to Khaled. Shout uh, that's uh, your hair, but the color Diddy. of it is not shout real. Shout to uh, Rick Ross. Shout to all my brothers out there in the struggle. What up? Mm-mm. The struggle. <laughs> <laughs> now, as I was saying, little Romeo talks about uh, driving around the campus of UCLA and being careful if you're a black brother. I remember the most recent time I was at UCLA. UCLA, you get pulled over over there, you better have that camera recording because they don't play no games. But the guy pulled me over at gunpoint, a black cop, and he was like, is this a stolen vehicle? I'm like, bro, relax. Like, just come check out my registration and get my driver's license. Is this a stolen vehicle? And then when he saw it was me, he said, oh, Romeo Miller? Oh, you good. I thought you was just some random black dude. Yeah, that's horrible. And if you're a black cop and you look at other black men as just random black men, don't think for one second white people don't see you the same way. You ain't going to always be in uniform, bro, bro. Yeah, and, you know, the sad thing about it is, you know, I used to get pulled over a lot all the time, driving a car and getting pulled over, and it's it gets frustrating. And it gets to the point when you get pulled over. How you much st- you get pulled over? Hmm? How much you get pulled over? Is it how much? Yeah. How many times I got yeah. pulled over? A lot. Well, I just told you there's a statistic that says men with spray you know on beards get pulled get over you. by police at six times the rate of men who don't. Not, I just said that. I'm not being serious with you. Now, the Bonnaroo <laughs> Festival, the Music and Arts Festival, seems like they're opening up this world again. Now, the Bonnaroo Festival is taking place September 2nd through the 5th. It's a four-day festival. Artists like uh, Tyler, the Creator, Megan Thee Stallion, Young Thug, Little Baby, uh, Little Baby, Run the Jewels, Kevin Gates, uh, Janelle Monet, Lizzo, Jack Harlow, g Easy, Nelly, Flo Millie, just a host of others. So, it's going to be live? Yeah, in Tennessee. It's like people can show up. Yes, four-day admission is $329 in VIP packages. I start off at $1,000. Not virtual. Not virtual. Wow. I think it's a camping festival, too. Oh, so you got to stay over. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're creating your own little bubble in a way, maybe, if you got to stay over? For four days, though? Yeah, well, they haven't mm-hmm. said, you know, how they're testing people, right. if, if you if you have to be tested or what it's going to be. But that's going to be a lot of people to see this. So the world is open back up. Mm-hmm. The world is open, sir. Yeah. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Like I said, Angela Yee is out. So when we come back, we got front page news. I don't know what we're talking about next, but we'll get to it when we come back. Oh, Biden. Never heard of him. All right. But we're going to talk about it when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. When a train hits a vehicle at a railway crossing, the results are often deadly. Be cautious at crossings, and if the signals are going, don't be tempted to try and sneak across the tracks, even if you don't see a train. Stop. Trains can't. Brought to you by NHTSA. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. 
Now in sports, I know today is opening day for a lot of your favorite baseball teams. I know the Yankees have opening day today. They're only allowed, I believe, 20% capacity, so it's only going to be 11,000 people in the stadium today. All right. Now let's talk about this uh, Derek Chauvin trial. Now yesterday, uh, the body cam was released. Yeah. Did you see that? Unfortunately, I did. Now, you know, I, I can't really watch this trial. And the reason I can't watch this trial is because it, it brings back all those memories and, and, and it, it, it puts me in a dark place. It's traumatic. Now, I've been trying not to watch the news either, you know, um, because the George Floyd case is traumatic. And I tuned into CNN and MSNBC for a little while yesterday and I had mm-hmm. to turn it off because they keep showing the, the video, video of George Floyd over and over. And yeah. then with the new body cam footage that I saw where the cop had the gun pointed at George Floyd and he's just like all of us are when we're in the presence of police begging he's begging for his life like please Mr. Officer don't shoot me and I don't think police officers understand I'm trying to comply with you right correct but you got a gun in my face exactly and at the same time you're telling me to do all of these different things give me your license give me your registration I'm confused I don't want to move I'm not, I don't want to move and right. I, I saw George going through those different emotions correct he, he put his hand on the steering wheel he put his hands in the air he didn't know what to do except for beg for his life and ask the officer not to shoot him I don't think police officers understand <laughs> the complexity yeah. of that when you're a black man. Well, the body camera uh, showed that, you know, George Floyd was subdued. Uh, the officer's knee was on his neck and he was pulling his arms up. So he was using, it was almost like he's using his arms to pull George Floyd closer mm-hmm. while continuing to put the knee on his neck. So he's putting more pressure on his neck. So that's what the body cam showed yesterday. Now, also, we have testimony of uh, Mr. Martin. He's uh, the cashier of the store. And... Let's, let's play his audio. What was going through your mind during that time period? Uh, disbelief and guilt. Why guilt? Um, if I would have just not taken the bill, this could have been avoided. Yeah, and, and I don't understand why um, they keep trying to tell us George Floyd, you know, was, was possibly intoxicated. Uh, he was high. Mm-hmm. What does that matter? If being drunk and high is a reason for officers to kill people, why all the white people in Florida during spring break don't be getting killed because they be drunk and high out their mind. Drunk and high out <laughs> like, their goddamn I mind. I don't understand what, what what does one have to do with the other. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, he said that, uh, you know, Floyd allegedly gave him a $20 bill that appeared to be fake. And he told him to come inside and talk to the boss or pay for it. And that's when the officer was called. In my opinion, that has nothing to do with the officer putting his knee on that brother's nah, neck. Nah, not at all. And using his own arms to pull more force so he can have more pressure on that brother's neck. And they keep, trying to, they keep trying to say it was the intoxication, you know, that is, what, is what caused George I Floyd's death. I understand if you could say that if he was fighting back, but he wasn't fighting back. He wasn't moving. Listen. I he mean, was not moving. He wasn't fighting back. I don't care if he was whatever he had. He was not moving. I enjoy getting drunk. I enjoy getting high off edibles. I love plant-based medicine. Uh, none of those things have, you know, led me to almost die. It was no. the knee in his neck. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's what that's yes. what killed George Floyd. The knee from Derek Chauvin in his neck. You know what else had me thinking too watching the court case? Uh, I appreciate due process, right? Mm-hmm. But it's amazing to me that in, the, that in the courtroom, people can be skeptical when there's so much evidence. Right. A whole video from all these different angles, but they're still trying to find doubt in this story. But then you look at someplace like social media where it can be lies, it can be rumors, it can be Correct. allegations. All that's taken as fact. So it just makes me wonder how people can be skeptical and doubtful about things you actually see, but matter of fact about things you haven't. 
I know, and I know we have to go through due process, and I know we have to go through trial. But some things it just feels like, do we really? Some can be quicker than others, right? Do, do we in really? This, in this we case, seen the video. In this case, it should be quicker than Absolutely. others. Absolutely. <laughs> See, we like, do we really? Yeah. My this, goodness. Yeah. In this case, it should be uh, quicker than others. That's all. All right. Well, Joe Biden he unveiled a two trillion dollar job proposal. It's an infrastructure and climate crisis uh, proposal where uh, they're going to modernize twenty thousand miles of rundown highways roads and main street and ten thousand bridges they're saying it's going to bring so many jobs so they're going to be uh, 500,000 charging stations it's supposed to bring like uh they said close to 100,000 jobs now my only thing with that is it just seems weird all the time that we find this money that we can never find he where the hell he got two trillion dollars from the same place he got the 86 million to give um ice to build those hotel like conditions for the kids at the border I haven't read up on that uh, infrastructure plan, though. I saw Joe Biden talking about it yesterday, but I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, but, you know, he, he's getting $2 trillion. They're building up a lot of these rundown highways, roads, and main streets, and I don't know if he's got it, bridges. But, but even, a proposal. But, but even with the proposal, where's going to get the money from? Like, Taxes, I think. Yeah, but, but you look at all these schools that are effed up. Mm-hmm. We could be helping these schools out. We look at all everything else that's effed up, These the projects and how they look, the kids that they can't eat. And black people. Food, black people and black reparations. Black people loans and all that. But but we find $2 trillion for infrastructure and climate plans. Hey, Amen. Not to say we don't need it, but it's, it's, if it's that easy to find that money, can't we find it for other things that's needed? It's ne- not when it comes to the people. Whenever they need money for anything else, they, they spent one point what seven trillion dollars on a goddamn failed fighter jet. But when it comes to actually giving money to people, they gotta vote. You know what I'm saying? And and go through this whole process. It's such a struggle when the money actually needs to go to the people who need it. And not only that, we talk about the stimulus checks all the time, right? And people are grateful for the stimulus checks for the help, right? But how many stimulus stimulus checks were released? Three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three three checks yeah. released yeah. over a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So let's say you get the maximum, which is what, three, four thousand dollars if you have a bunch of kids? I don't yeah. remember. How is that gonna hold you down for a year and a half? Mm. How? I, like how? Well, they can't. For a year and a half? To pay mortgage, to pay your your, listen, your rent, to pay if you have a car, your electricity, the, your the, phone bill, your kids, your food, listen, all that money for a year and a half? The jig is up on America. But you find two trillion dollars for infrastructure and climate plan? The jig is up on America. America's faker than DJ Envy's bit. Yeah, you okay. stop it. You know what? It, it, was, it was serious and What? It's the truth, though. The same no, way not. we can My look at your bed and fake. tell you that it's not real is the same way we can look at America and right. tell us this I'm whole concept of freedom and justice and all liberty right. for all and equality. It's all in BS. I don't talk to you no more. It's nonsense. All right, that's front page news. Now, when we come back, the McBride sisters will be joining us. That's right. The McBride sisters uh, have a, a wine mm-hmm. called... Black Girl Magic. That's right. Yeah, my wife was sending this out for the holidays as, as gifts, but they have an amazing story. Yeah, two sisters that created their own company and they're distribu- distributing wine all over the country. That's right. They're doing well. They started from nothing, and they are successful. We're going to talk to them when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests in the building. Yes, indeed. The founders of the largest black woman-owned wine company in the U.S. We have the McBride sisters. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Robin and Andrea. That's right. Y'all have such a... Andrea. Andrea. Y'all have such an interesting story. Y'all, y'all didn't even grow up together? We didn't. We grew up in different countries. Wow. Yeah, break yeah. that down. How? Yeah. And how does that happen, right? Yeah. So I grew up... We were both born in L.A., in California. Andrea grew up in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I grew up up the coast of Monterey in California. 
So we have the same dad, but we have two different moms. And mm -hmm. neither one of us had a relationship with our dad. So we didn't know about each other. So Andrea's mom was originally from New Zealand and she grew up in her mom's home country. And I grew up with my mom. Didn't have, neither one of us had any other brothers or sisters. So we thought we were only children growing up. Mm -hmm. And we didn't find out about each other until later in life. I was 25, Andrea was 16. And our dad was sick, he was terminally ill. So he asked his family to please find both of his daughters. He didn't know where we were. And this was back in the 90s, so it took quite a long time, but they finally found both of us and we got the chance to meet actually here in New York. Yeah. Um, for the first time. For yeah. us, it was like an instant bond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we, when we first met, you know, once you kind of get past all like the shock and hugging and tears and everything, it was like, what was it like where you grew up? Mm -hmm. And we both grew up in these small, rural, Very uh, small. <laughs> like world-class mm -hmm. winemaking regions and independent of each other. We wanted to be winemakers, so that was kind of the thing wow. that we bonded over when we first met. And then, like, when we met at the time, my mom passed away when I was young, and our dad had passed away, and I was living in foster care. So when I met her, it was, like, big deal. And growing up, I was good at athletics, so at the same time, I was being recruited by most major universities in the United States. So I was like... What sport? Track and field and track volleyball. And field. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is my vehicle to get back to the U.S. and be close to my sister. So um, it was just two weeks, and then it was like a lot of phone calls and writing letters. Did you spray perfume on them or something? I didn't spray perfume, okay. no. That'd be, <laughs> that be kind of weird. Sister that'd be yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's like a romantic thing <laughs> now, to do. We weren't being romantic <laughs> with each other. How did y'all no. get into the wine business? <sighs> and both yeah. of y'all were into it individually? Yeah. That's like yeah. some outliers. Yeah, well, well like, because we grew up, we both grew up in places that make wine, right? So mm -hmm. we grew up with vineyards, you know, in the background. There was winemaking families all around us. So it was kind of part of like the places that we grew up. So we figured what are the chances that both of us grew up in places that have that similar background on the opposite side of the world from each other. And yeah. then we meet each other and find that out. We thought that was probably a sign of some sort for us to, mm -hmm. to and, think about that. And then when I came back for university, Robin had moved back to Monterey and I was in Southern California. And like when you drive up that coast halfway, it's just all Central Coast wine country. So um, we would just like meet halfway and just found ourselves like getting to know each other as women and sisters. Um, but then just kind of talking about our dreams as our bond grew. Uh, well, one day we were like, why don't we do it? What's stopping us? And um, we have two pretty big problems. One is like we had no money in the wine industry. That'd, pretty... that'd be a pretty problem. That, that's a major <laughs> problem. In, in wine business, yeah. And, um, and we didn't know how to make wine. Also that. That's another big that's problem. That's another problem. <laughs> <laughs> so how did y'all learn both and how did y'all raise capital? Everything you need to know on the planet, the answer is on the internet for free. Okay. <laughs> you know, so like we just started to look up like how do we do it? And we figured out that the best place would be to learn the business of wine first. Mm -hmm. And we were able to get a federal importer's license. And at the time, it was $1,800. And then what we did was we went down to New Zealand and found a whole bunch of small family growers and basically said, uh, we can help like build your brand in California, bring your wines into the US. And at the same time, we'll come down every year for harvest and you teach us how to make wine. So we were l learning the business of wine while also learning our passion and becoming makers. Uh, and we did that for from 2005 until uh, 2009. We made our first wine together, yeah. and then we launched our company. So together. we actually started. She was still in her junior year in college. Mm -hmm. wow. 
um, when we started the importing business. Yeah, uh, and then launched the company in 2010. Um, and your question about like how do we raise money? I know y'all seen the statistics about black women. Uh, Nobody <laughs> was money. breaking down the doors to give money to mm-hmm. a couple of black women in the wine business mm-hmm. who had no money and no experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. So from that first eighteen hundred and ninety-five dollars, mm-hmm. we built our business for the next fourteen years wow. off of the six, selling one case of wine. We bought another case of wine. So we just had to build it on our own success for a, a very long time. This is such You know, I didn't I didn't know the whole story, but I was in this um so I always go to this black owned liquor store here oh. in Brooklyn. It's called the Clifton Wines and Liquor. And so they had this front and center and I just liked the name of it. Like yeah. I saw the black girl magic. And then I was like, let me pick this up. And then I saw I posted it actually in my Instagram stories just because I thought it was a beautiful bottle and I like the black girl magic and then everybody started hitting me like oh that's the McBride sister so that's when I went and I looked at the whole story behind the wine just because it's not that often that you would see something called a black girl magic wine right in the store right and most important to us and I think different to us getting to this business was we wanted to make it accessible to everybody so for the most part like all of our complete range all like 16 wines you know are under $30 the majority are under $20 mm-hmm. and they all have 90 plus point scores which you know in the wine industry like anything above 90 points is super elite so like our whole ethos from day one has been to just transform the wine industry to lead by example and to cultivate community so break that down for a lot of people out there that, that drink wine a lot of people don't know how to pick a wine. You go into mm-hmm. a store and there's a zillion wine bottles there. They don't know if it should be a red or white or if it should be a sparkling and how much they should pay. So, like, what makes your wine a good bottle of wine? Well, let me start by saying this. If people want to learn about wine, like, that specific sort mm-hmm. of, like, situation, we created a wine school. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's called McBride Certified and um, we, we're big believers of the thousands of wines around the world. They all fit into nine styles. So if you learn these nine styles, you'll be super empowered on your journey. Mm-hmm. So um, we would encourage people. <laughs> it's to, free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, now to, people need it because you know, yeah. people don't know what wine glass they should use. You know, I see people, if they don't know how to all that. they should be smelling, if they should be twirling, like people right. don't know. So. Break that down, guys. Yeah. About the school. And what do you, and what do you pair with what when yep. you talk about meals? Like, what type of wine are you supposed to pair with different things? Well, like for us, just in general, on the wine industry side of things and the way we approach wine, like our motto is like break the rules, drink the wine. So we're always just like whatever you like, like that's the place you're you're at on your journey, and just like embrace it. And then for the most part, now like when you go into a store, wines that are between I would say like sixteen dollars and. 22 23 24 dollars it's not going to be a poorly made wine you're like, going to get a solid wine yeah at that like price. like yeah the 16 dollar wine is not going to give me a headache no, no. Okay. well any wine will give you a headache if you drink too much yeah so, so drink in moderation. Right. maybe maybe a six dollar bottle like. <laughs> okay all right Just um, but what we also did too with these nine styles is that because you know wine information can be a lot and so we paired each style with like an iconic musician so it makes it really easy to kind of remember we take you through videos, we taste, we tell you what food goes with that wine, mm-hmm. what stemware, all that stuff. 
All right, we got more with the McBride sisters. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you're just joining us, we're kicking it with the McBride sisters. Now, during the versus battle, I seen D'Angelo had a bottle of champagne. What's your relationship with D'Angelo? Wow. Well, you know, we... Um, <laughs> <laughs> is there more? There's not more. There's not more. I'm a married woman. Tell me there's not more. That's right. She's married. There's no more. There's no kind of relationship. Um, no, I'm sorry. I heard wrong. Um, but, no, we, you know, uh, on the last verses, uh, there was a beautiful bl- display of McBride Sisters wines, mm-hmm. and, you know, during Lady, he was uh, giving us a lot of shout-outs. I know. Um, I was, like, dying a little bit. Oh, I, yeah, died, I died, like, twice. I was like, did he just the, the sing first, our brand into first, Lady? The first album I, I ever bought with my own money was D'Angelo Brown Sugar. Wow. wow. So, I would, like, wow. I died a thousand times the whole night every time he said McBride Sisters. It was McBride crazy. Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a sponsorship endorsement or he just bought the wine himself? How did that work? Our wines are available, you know, all across the U.S. And Target is one of our fantastic retailers that carries uh, our portfolio. And they have an initiative called Black Beyond Measure, which is uh, really like highlighting and supporting black-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. So they had an opportunity to participate and they chose us as the brand to be involved. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to Target. Yeah. <laughs> you say sales okay. shout out to Target? How has it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Crazy. Crazy. I mean, like, we are the largest black-owned wine company, like, in the U.S. and, and the world, but we're also oh, in the top 1% of all wineries in the United States wow. in terms of size and scale. size, yeah. yeah. How is it being black women in this business? Because, as we know, like you said, for a woman, black-owned business... What has that been like for you guys? Have you faced a lot of obstacles because of it? Yeah, it's great now. Um, <laughs> On it, the other side yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, it's great to be in this space now. I mean, we definitely had, you know, additional challenges when we started in the business. Um, that really wasn't so much on the consumer side. It was the business side where, you know, they looked at us like that. there's no way how could you too possibly know about wine or how could you know how to run a wine business because we were we were young we were and we're black we're young and mm-hmm. we're black and we're women, women. <laughs> and none of our parents were you know owned a winery or whatever so like for many years we just constantly were faced with just you know a lack of credibility when we came into the room it was like where's your boss you know it's like no we own the company and the people are straight up like how or wow. tell us you know well you know no one's really gonna trust you know, wine made by by black women. We don't think consumers are going to buy it because they've never seen, you know, black women that that make wine before. So it was just, for us, it was this constant having to try to convince people of, like, our worth in the room or our worthiness as producers or the quality of our wines. And, um, but, you know, it's cool. It's all good. Like, we were up for the challenge. So, you know, and and we've been doing this for 15 years, 16 years. And and honestly, it just forced us to be great and greater than everybody else. How many people have doubled back from since then that doubted you in the beginning? How (laughs) many people have doubled back? Like, let's get down. How can we help? No, the numbers are are great. Are great. Yeah. Yeah. And some of our best accounts and some of our best customers are those same people that were very skeptical. And, you know, it took years for us to break into those spaces. But, you know. They're allies now. Yeah, I love the unapologetically black name because I'm sure there's people that were saying you can't name it Black Girl Magic. You're oh, yeah. selling wine. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Our industry's crazy. So. Um, when we were trying to like bring it out and launch it, you know, we work in a super highly regulated industry, you know, and trying to get distributors 
to sell it was really hard, you know. Just um, because of the name. Because uh-huh. of the name. Because wow. of the name. Yeah. Yeah. And even we were told that might offend some people. Yeah. Um, oh God, it's, it's a, funny because that's why I bought it. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, we made we, we it's made, a celebration. Yeah, who's, and who's offended by celebrating? And like for us, like you know, Black Girl Magic, it's like the best grapes from our vineyards go into the Black Girl Magic program. It's exceptional wine for exceptional women. We're paying homage, like to the women in our family, our community, and just because the wine industry has ignored Black people in general when it comes to drinking wine, mm-hmm. and so we wanted to be unapologetic about or it. Just, like this, we made this for you. How but, do you store wine? Because I notice, you know, mm-hmm. some people store wine. It has to be temperature controlled. But when you go to a liquor store, it's just in the back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, I'm looking at it now. It's just set up. So how are you supposed to store wine? Does it really matter? Or It does. It does. So you absolutely want to make sure that your wine never gets warm. It will turn in the bottle, right? So it's like room temperature or cooler or like cellar temperature, which is like 55 to 68 degrees. Mm-hmm. Like, keep it in that range and the wine is fine. If you have a wine that you're going to keep around for a long time, you actually want to, like, store it laying down so that the wine keeps the cork moist, which some wines are meant to age. But other than that, the real key is just don't let it warm up. Don't let it get hot at all because then it's you're going to lose it. Now, did the recent changes in, like, the social and political climate, like, re- directly reflect, like, a- uptick in sales? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. So, so you know, we had, like, the first, like, Blackout Tuesday, and I think we found out about it, like, the night, like before, the night before. And, you know, we called everybody up at the company, and we're like, tomorrow's not going to be about us. Like, let's try and shine a light on the Black Vintner community. And so we had already been working on a list of, like, trying to find just a list of, like, Black-owned, like, Vintners. It was hard to find. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of last year, we started putting this list together, mainly because we were trying to, um, if people are interested in going national with their company, if they want to go to mass retail, we wanted to try and help Um, help people figure that out because normally we're the only black owned and also woman owned privately held company when you go to like large you know the larger accounts and so we put out this list of like 67 that we had at the time uh, on blackout tuesday and we were just like told everybody just you know support black vintners and that thing went viral and a large percentage of like our black vintner community sold out immediately like had wine club subscriptions for like up to two years we saw like a huge uptick in our business, but definitely like during that time. And also too, you know, um, a lot of people are just like, a corporation's like, what's my black strategy, you know? Mm -hmm. So they're, um, you know, trying to figure out how, you know, they can start to place black owned companies, you know, outside of the wine industry too, right? On Mm -hmm. their shelves, which, which, you know, you just have to think about like, are they in this for the long term? You know, uh, it's obviously reactionary. We'll yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, too, is like with all of that that went on last year, consumers really had a voice. So like when we shared all of those wineries and people were like, you know, OK, maybe they had heard of like a few, a handful of black owned wine companies and they found out there's all these other ones. Consumers are really picking up the phone and, you know, talking to their um, stores and to the retailers and like demanding it on social media. Like we want to see these black owned brands in the stores. And so the stores were like, oh, crap. So they're trying to figure out like how they can get this stuff into the stores. And it made a huge difference. Consumer demand is so much more effective for brands than us going in and trying to prove that there is consumer demand. As a community, we are so powerful. We can decide where to put our money. 
you know yeah. and like we put out this one post like just gave, giving basic instructions on like this is what you can do go into your store and tell them that you want these black owned brands and we actually got this email from this really large corporation like saying like the, like these are the ways of working because they thought that we had this like crazy sales force of like thousands of people going into their going like into their teams. stores like trying to sell in and they were like oh you know this only happens corporately like da 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 but we replied to them and said you know these are just people these those people are your, those are your these are your customers you what they want in mm -hmm. your stores you, you know should listen well, don't move. We got more with the McBride sisters. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with the McBride sisters. How was the pandemic? Because you, you, you touched on it a little bit. I know because a lot of people drank during the pandemic. <laughs> yes. So I know business was booming, but were you, were you able to su su supply the demand? Uh, we were. We, like, you know, fortunate for us when the pandemic hit, you know, we were able to supply the demand um, and we were ready for it and had the infrastructure for it. One thing that we didn't anticipate, though, was where we thought our e-commerce business was going to be, like, in three years, like, happened in, like, 60 days. <laughs> it did. You know? It did. Um, so that kind of, like, opened our eyes up to, like, the potential. Because wine industry is pretty old school. Like, where every, every other industry has advanced, like, direct-to-consumer. Uh, the wine industry hasn't advanced in the same like leaps and bounds. But as a result of the success that we had last year, like in 2019, mm -hmm. with the launch of like our chic, we created. We have another brand called uh, uh, She Can. By the way, very very clever and cute name too. She Can. <laughs> I get it. And like we really created this. Like it was for us. It was three things. It was like our innovation. So it's putting like premium bottled wine in a can, which took us a while to figure out. We have been obsessed about that <laughs> idea for years, but the can mm -hmm. technology wasn't quite there yet to make sure that our wine, you know, quality was maintained. And then um, paying homage to our moms and then, but also too, we started a professional development fund for women. So the first year we awarded $40,000 in scholarships to women in the wine and spirits industry. Oh. Um, and then last year, we saw the figure in May of the 1.1 black-owned businesses. I think 51% were saying, you know, by May that they were going to have to shut her for good, and only 4% got PPP. Yeah, 95% were denied the federal funding. And so we were just like, that's crazy. So we decided to specifically focus on black women entrepreneurs and we partnered with uh, Morgan Stanley and with Silicon Valley Bank, and we awarded $300,000 to 30 women, black-owned businesses that before COVID were super healthy. They were, you yeah. know, they were doing well, they'd been yeah. in business, but just like, and then we also partnered with Facebook that created this whole um, mentorship leadership program and basically community. Cause you know, when you're an entrepreneur, like you, it can be pretty lonely. And I think especially for black women, like you need community to like try and, um, just have somebody to talk to about like yeah. what you're going through, the challenges of being an entrepreneur. Because yeah. um, we so. didn't want to just, each of the women got, you know, a $10,000 cash grant for their business, but we didn't want, I mean, money is great, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like we wanted to be able to help make connections and provide services to help their businesses sustain and thrive and to help them as owners to continue to grow and become a part of this community. So we brought in additional partners that can help um, help these women to, you know, advance themselves as, as entrepreneurs and as owners in their business. Yeah. How can somebody apply to the She Can't Fund now? 
Or is it an application process? It is an application. So applications open on May 3rd, Mm -hmm. and you can go onto our website on McBrideSisters.com, and we have a whole whole area about the the fund, and there'll be a link there as soon as the applications open up. You know, I wanted to ask y'all, too, because y'all were talking about other black uh, brands. Have you seen a growth in the black presence in the wine industry? Because I only know two. I know y'all, and I know... Brown, I yeah, think it Brown is. Yeah, Brown family. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. There's quite a few. There's actually a hundred and something mm-hmm. that we found now. Wow. Um, last year, we, we learned that there were 67, but we also knew of like a handful, you know, like maybe a dozen or so uh, makers and families that we were familiar with. But with sort of this change in tide and this change in consumer interest um, and retailers' interest in Black-owned brands, there are many, right, that are at the forefront now. And it's, for us, it's like, it's amazing. You know, we don't, we never wanted to be the only ones that are national retail. We wanted to have a whole category that showcases diversity in wine because we know it's there. How how does it work? Is it like the liquor business where like, say, like a LVMH came in to partner with uh, Jay-Z on his champagne? Mm -hmm. Is it like that in wine too? That does happen. Yeah, it absolutely does happen. I mean, it's still the alcohol business, Mm -hmm. right? Between spirits and, and wine, but there are definitely globally like really big players that own lots of different brands they create lots of different brands they acquire um brands and companies that's that's absolutely a part of our business as well and i think you know what is the number now percentage like 70 or 80 percent of the wines that you see on the shelves are actually owned by like three companies wow um have they approached y'all yet yeah people come around (laughs) yeah you're not ready to do that nope never no no. Never say yeah. never. But that that one's the thing that's tricky. So like black girl magic. So mm-hmm. as we, you know, are approached or people have conversations with us for Andre and I, it's really difficult to see like who would we ever be okay with owning that because, brand. Because we're that, we're that stewards. Name. We're stewards of black girl magic. Yeah. We don't own black girl magic. Who, yeah. who would ever who would ever take care of that brand? I get what you're that saying. that the meaning behind those words the way that that, that we, we do. do. Even yeah. if y'all retained majority ownership. Oh well, if we retain majority ownership, mm-hmm. that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let me get out of y'all business. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, we're still not doing business. it right <laughs> now. You're gonna make people think like the wrong what, thing. But what are some of the health benefits of wine? Revestorol. Um, you know, technically, we're not allowed to say there are any. Oh, I didn't know that, really. Right, but, but however, <laughs> however, people... Doctors say that, though. Oh, well, because doctors think... aren't licensed alcohol companies. Mm. So, but but there are conversations right. about, specifically around uh, red wine and some of the qualities that come from red, red wine has um, uh, contact with the grape skins, right? And so there's, there's said to be some benefits there in terms of heart health, um, on cholesterol, um, things like that. So, you know, people find it beneficial in a lot of ways. We cannot say go drink wine and make you healthier. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not Just lawful to clarify. for us. Our compliance, <laughs> people, yeah. our compliance people are listening. Do y'all have to stomp on grapes? Is that a real thing? <laughs> you do not have to do that, but that is a real thing. Okay. That's, I mean, historically, that's how grapes were made and people mm-hmm. still do it. It's really more like part of a, a harvest festival or kind of for, for fun. Um, but it is effective. It does work, and you absolutely can make wine by stomping on the grapes. And we, we, you know, we make millions. I always of said that was gross. Wine. It seems pretty gross to me <laughs> too. Gross. I don't like the idea of people's feet being in my drinks, but um, <laughs> might add to the flavor. It, I, it adds. A, it may add a flavor, but yeah. So for the amount of wine that we make, there's not enough feet 
to stomp those. <laughs> <laughs> so people do it. The really. good workout. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate you guys for joining us, and nah, make sure man. you go support. What y'all doing is dope, and I mean, you know, I got three daughters, so it's just ill to see like the McBride sisters. I literally was just telling my, because I always tell one of my daughters, you know, uh, why do I call you a Planet? I call her Planet, and then her name. She said, "Cause the world is mine." And then my younger Aww. daughter goes, "The world is mine too." And I'm like, "Yo, the world is both of y'all. Y'all can right. take over the world together." Yeah. So it's just dope to see y'all collectively moving. As a unit like that. And and for us, it's like, you know, our, our daddy grew up in the South and picked cotton. Our, our family are sharecroppers and then obviously go into slavery. So it's the, the fact that now we're doing this, it, it's obviously not just for us, mm-hmm. you know, um, and super special. So we have so much gratitude for everybody that purchases our wine and supports. And so we have to show that gratitude back. You know, you can't and support tell, our community. You can't tell Annie me nothing, our auntie yeah. in Alabama. <laughs> the family name yeah. is on a bottle Word. of wine. Don't, don't you walk through her door? She's got our pictures. Look at my nieces. Like, there's just a huge <laughs> sense of pride, particularly for our family coming from Alabama and the Deep South and all of that history to have, you know, the family name on, on a bottle of wine is a, is a big deal. That's big. All right. Well, so, how can they buy it? Just go to me. So go to our website. Everywhere. Website. Yeah. First of all, everywhere. But if you go yeah. to our website, you, go to can, our yeah. in, you can plug locator. in a zip code and um, you'll see the stores near you and you can purchase from our, our website also. And if your store doesn't have it, tell them to get it. Yeah. That's, That's right. right. Yes. That's right. Yes. And be loud about it. Yeah. Well, this is McBride Sisters. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, guys. This just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Now, if you live in uh, New Jersey and you got to travel to New York, uh, by the Lincoln Tunnel, you'll see a big-ass head. It's Charlemagne's face. He's on a billboard. Uh, take pictures and um, tag us. Well, it's not It's not just me. It's just for the new Audible project, um, We've Got Answers, that, that we released yesterday. And it's uh, myself, Tamika Mallory, Ebony K. Williams, and Dr. Claude Anderson, OG Dr. Claude Anderson, mm-hmm. on the billboard. Yeah, so yes. definitely check it out. You can't miss it. And, and download the We've Got Answers project on Audible. It's free for Audible members. I'd love to know what you think. All right. Now, rapper NLE Chopper was arrested in South Florida on burglary and drug charges. Now, this is what they say happened. They say Potts, which is his real name, Brian Potts, and another person was caught on surveillance cameras wearing a ski mask and jumping over a gate at Superior Towing Company in Florida. He was he shooting a music video? No, he was not shooting mov- a movie video. They say that a car was towed and they thought the car was in their tow yard and hopped the gate to get the car back. I thought NLE was like enlightened now and he was being more conscious and things of that nature. Yeah, but you know, they towed his car and he wanted it back. So you put on a ski mask and jumped the fence? <laughs> And, you ever you're, got you're, your, and you're a multi-millionaire rapper? You ever got your car towed and you just want your car back and you feel like they, they did it disrespectfully, they had no reason doing it? Well, this uh, that was In the, New York, it's like $1,100 when that happened. Yeah, yeah. that's why I would, try, I would try to steal it out. He's a millionaire. I know, still. Oh, he, he says he's a millionaire. I thought he was a millionaire. I'm sure he is. Now, um, the only problem was he jumped the wrong fence to the wrong tow yard. Uh, no, the problem was that he had on a ski mask and he tried to jump the fence, period. Well, that was the problem, too, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. It was definitely the uh, the wrong tow yard that he jumped the fence, and he was arrested. I think he earned that one. 
I mean, you know, I hate, to, I hate to see brothers going to jail, but I think it's, he earned that one. It's stupid, but it happens yeah. sometimes. They, they told no, me one time New Orleans, and I thought what? about hopping the gate, too. And no, you didn't. But I just, just decided no, you didn't. to pay it. No, you didn't. You mm. never thought that. You're I, lying. I did. You're lying. How are you going to get the car out once you were I in didn't there? think about it. You're just so upset that they told your car. You'd be like, I didn't, I, the sign said I could park there, and they told my car, and now they want $300. I'm like, I just, just hopped this so, gate. So you're upset about choices that you made? Hmm. I listen, was, I was listen, young. I was listen, young. kids, when the car gets told, uh, please don't put on a ski mask and jump the fence to yeah, get it back. It was pretty stupid. Just, you know, just, I guess I got to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> now, Quavo and Saweetie could be answering questions. Uh, the LAPD opened an investigation about the elevator altercation. They want to see what happened. They want to see if there was any domestic violence, if there was any problems, if, if anybody will be charged. So they're doing an investigation. I don't see how and why, but yes, they are. Now, Charlemagne. Charlemagne. This means that he has nothing. No, this no. Means, this this means, is good. This is because mm-hmm. I want you to look. Now, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Let me tell you about Jen oh, yeah. Shaw. Now, Jen Shaw. Jen <laughs> Shaw right now, she's on the show and she has everything on the show. Let me break it down. Now, Jen Shaw, she looks super duper rich. She got assistance upon assistance. Her assistants have assistance. She got bread. Everybody been trying to figure out how she making all this money. Nobody knows. Even on the show, when they ask, they be like, I got businesses, darling. So nobody knows. Well, she was arrested. You want to know why? Why? All right, because it looks like allegedly she was busted in Salt Lake City for having a conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Mm. Now, allegedly, she has a telemarketing scheme with her and her assistant, and they uh, target elderly people. So she's been arrested. So that's where people are saying that she's been getting the money. She's been scamming it from elderly people. That's the best you got? You don't You care? called my name and got my attention. You don't care? That's that? good. You don't watch the show. People be nah. like, how oh, she got all this money? She got all these cars, all this jewelry. She got all this Louis Vuitton and Hermes and Fendi and this, that, and the other. People are like, well, how do you get your money? And she just says, I have businesses, darling. Now she's allegedly scamming the elderly. No? You don't care? All right. Mm-mm. Forget you. And lastly, United Masters, that's Steve Stout uh, record label. It's an independent label. Okay. Announced a $50 million investment by Apple. All and, right. And here's Steve Stout talking about it. Typically, artists that are independent don't feel like they have the same opportunities as the artists that are signed to legacy labels. This is going to sort of give every artist the same opportunity. Democratize. The, the music business for that matter. So yes, you're gonna see a lot of cross promotion and marketing that comes from Apple with United Masters artists. Not that they're not gonna do with every other artist, but it now gives us an opportunity to allow our artists to get the same promotion and marketing as artists that are on major labels. Yeah, Steve Stout will be on Breakfast Club tomorrow. I got questions, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I wanna know how much of that $50 million is actually going to the artists, you know what I mean? Is that How much of that 50 million is actually going to marketing and promo? How how will that $50 million benefit the artists? It I, seems like, like you said, it's gonna be a lot of marketing, a lot of cross promotion. You'll see a lot of artists wearing Apple products in their videos and Apple will be paying for that. I'm sure you'll be seeing a lot of billboards. Uh, how do you spread the, the money out, though? How many, mm-hmm. $50 million spread out over how many artists? Know, we'll find out when Steve Stout comes tomorrow. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, all right. Well, Make that, sure this just ain't a, a, a money play and somebody's getting rich, but, you know, but the artists, the artists are getting, getting crumbs. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that is your rumor report. Now, Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Mm. We need Greg Kelly to come to the front of the congregation. Uh, we need to have a word with him. You remember he, Greg Kelly used to be on the uh, the news here in New York City, but now I think he's on Newsweek or something like yep, that. Yep, yep, yep. We need to talk to him because uh, he's against plant-based medicine. Okay. Meaning weed. 
and we need to talk about it. All right, we'll get to that next. And don't forget, after that, ask C&E. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, Yee is out. So we'll do it, all right? So if you're having problems in your relationship, phone lines are wide open. Let the brother C&E help you out. Mr. Breakfast Club, good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here, and the General Insurance has been helping people save money for nearly 60 years. They offer the quality coverage you deserve at prices you can afford. Make the right call and go with the General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkeys of the Day, ask Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed one. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Okay, this could be an April Fool's joke. I'm not sure. But Donkey of the Day for Thursday, April 1st goes to, uh, what is it, Newsmax anchor Greg Kelly. Uh, Greg Kelly is a man who doesn't like weed. Uh, marijuana, cannabis, pot, grass, ganja, whatever you want to call it, he's not with it. This is Greg Kelly and Dr. Kevin Sabet on his Newsweek show talking about reefers. Plural. Listen. New York State legalizes the recreational use of marijuana. And we join uh, more than a dozen other states now where you can light up for no other reason at all than to get high. Personally, I think this is a very, very bad move. Uh, doctor, first to you. You're not cool with this, right? This is a bad thing. I know all kind of gateway drug, all that stuff, not to mention all the mental health uh, issues. Yeah, it's a really bad idea. You know, today's marijuana is not your Woodstock weed of the past. Uh, let me tell you something. I am not a weed head by any means. Okay, your Uncle Charlotte, when I was a young lad growing up in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, dropping the clues bombs from Monk's Corner, South Carolina, uh, I used to smoke a lot of weed. In fact, myself and some of my partners, when we was in our teens, we called ourselves the infamous Buddha heads. We all took weed-like names. There was Bobby Buddha, Ichabodism, Mikey Marijuana, to name a few. Me, well, I was Charlie Chronic. What I didn't realize back then was I was, <laughs> shut up, don't judge me, I was young. What I didn't realize back then was I was prone to having severe anxiety attacks. The weed was not helping that. I just didn't know what it was back then. And I just thought it was the life I was living, along with the weed. Extreme paranoia just came with the territory. And when I saw Chris Tucker, you know, playing Smokey and Friday, hiding out in the chicken coop after smoking some weed, I said, oh, so it's just perfectly normal for me to be paranoid, scared, and go hide out in the woods just because. But then I went to jail. For assault and battery with intent to kill. If you want to know why, it's in my New York Times bestseller, Black Privilege. I've told y'all this story a million times. No need to rehash. But while on probation, it just became too much of a hassle to smoke and stay clean. So I was doing everything from Golden Seal to Catch Claw. I had partners telling me they would give me their piss. But it was just all too much. So I just quit smoking. Okay, weed to prison, easy choice for me. But then, every now and again, I would attempt to do it. And that's when I realized smoking weed is just really not for me because it makes my anxiety go through the roof. Back then, I had no idea, but now I fully understand. And to this day, if I smoke weed, I have panic attacks. Now, edibles, that's another story. I can do edibles, okay? I don't know what it is about the edibles versus the smoking, but the right dosage of edibles, my God, 10 milligrams, 20 no more than 30 of a nice indica strain, it's heaven. Okay, I will lay around the house on the weekend when the kids go to sleep high off plant-based medicine, no anxiety, no stress, eating everything, and the sleep. Man, the sleep is fantastic. So yes, I'm saying all that to say, I am a fan of plant-based medicine. On a bigger note, I am happy that all these states are legalizing weed, especially the two 
states I spend the most time in, which is New Jersey and New York. Not only do I want weed legalized, I want every brother and sister who is in jail for a nonviolent weed offense to come home. All the folks who, because of all these tough-on-crime drug bills that Joe Biden wrote, by the way, I want them home if you are in a state where weed is legal. But, you know, this is America. We all don't think the same, so we have the Gray Kellys of the world. And the reason Gray Kelly is getting donkey today is not because... He's against weed being legalized recreationally. I don't care about that. It's his opinion. He's getting donkey because of this tweet he posted. Listen, this is Greg Kelly. If you don't believe me, his Twitter handle is Greg Kelly USA. Could be an April Fool's tweet because it's that stupid. But he tweeted, and I quote, Smoking weed, a.k.a. grass, is not a good idea. I've tried it back in the day. And it was worse, in capital letters, than anything that happened to Hunter Biden. I don't know exactly what that means. I do know Hunter Biden just revealed he's battled addiction his whole life, alcohol and drugs. In fact, Hunter Biden said he was smoking crack every 15 minutes. It's in his new memoir, Beautiful Things. So I guess he's saying weed was worse than anything that happened to Hunter Biden. That's false. But then he goes on to say, I toked up with some buddies in Kentucky and woke up in Nairobi, Kenya. With no idea what happened. Oh, did I leave out this part? He said he woke up four days later in Nairobi, Kenya, with no idea what happened. So you smoke weed with your buddies in Kentucky and woke up four days later in Nairobi, Kenya. And then you put don't do drugs. Greg Kelly, you smoked weed in Kentucky and woke woke up four days later in Nairobi, Kenya. Now, I don't know what part of Kentucky you are in, but I know Louisville, Kentucky is 8,013 miles away from Nairobi, Kenya. I Googled it. Okay, the flight time is 16 hours and 32 minutes, but forget how long it takes to get there. You said you didn't wake up until four days later. That, sir, is what the kids call cap. All right. Greg Kelly, I'm not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary, nor am I the strongest Avenger, but I have a feeling that to you, cap. In America is the strongest Avenger. Greg Kelly, what's your sign? You seem like a cap Rakon. Okay, I saw a tweet you posted about being mad McDonald's didn't have the big fish anymore, which I thought was strange because you seem more like a cap Tendees kind of guy. Greg Kelly, if you did a drug that caused you not to wake up for four days and you ended up in Nairobi, Kenya, by way of Kentucky, you need to file a police report. Okay, there needs to be an investigation. The hardest drug I ever smoked in my life was cocaine mixed with weed. And that's because I was smoking with some dudes I didn't know from Florida. That goddamn Florida. Mm-mm. All right? As a matter of fact, that devil damn Florida. All right? Hate to tell y'all this about the cocaine and weed, but it was an amazing high. I would never do it again. have never done it again. Okay? But it was an amazing high. I'm saying all that to say I didn't pass out for four days, nor did I wake up in Kenya. Okay? I don't care who you ask. Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Willie Nelson, Cheech and Chong. They will all tell you, Greg Kelly, that you a lie. Okay, look, man, if you don't want weed to be legalized, fine. If you don't think people should smoke weed, fine. But don't make up stories that ironically make you sound high as hell. Not just make you sound high, but make you sound like you ingested some drug way stronger than weed. You need to check your boys. Because if you passed out after smoking some type of drug with them, woke up four days later in Kenya, that means they was dragging you around like Bernie's corpse. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was a game of stinky finger plate. But you don't have to worry about that because it didn't happen. Stop the blood clot capping. Please give Craig Kelly the biggest hee-haw. Uh-huh. Somebody just got to lie because they don't want you to do something. You got to make up that kind of lie just because you don't want us to do something. That's never happened to nobody. All right.
ain't gonna front. That didn't make me not want to do it. That gonna make me like I smoke some weed and I end up in Kenya. <laughs> four days later. Four days later. I ain't even get on a plane. Did I, I pay for this trip? Plane. So, so who booked the trip for me? I don't know. So nobody booked the trip. Who took my passport? Did somebody pack clothes for me? Who did all? I just magically ended up in Nairobi. Bring me that strain. I need that strain. I need that strain right Shit, now. I've been trying to go back to Africa, South Africa, Yo. Kenya. It don't matter. Nigeria. Take me back. No, that, that back to Africa strain. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. I'll Who got the back right to now. Africa strain out there? I need it. I need the Johannesburg. I need to go back to Johannesburg. What? Give that to me now. Mm-hmm. Jeez. All just right. don't name it the Mandela. That would be disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't don't do that. No. Don't do that. No, you can't do that. Mm-mm. All right. Well, we know how you niggas think. Thank you for that donkey <laughs> of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see it now on, on, a, on, a, on a little package. They see Mandela's face. Lord like, have mercy. Anyway. All right. Up next, as C and E. You need relationship advice or any type of advice. Charlemagne and Envy are here for you. C and E. Whatever you need. You're having problems. Call us up. We'll help you. We've been through it all. Mr. Breakfast Club, good morning. What's going on? You, you can call me. It's time to ask C and E. Ooh, let's get it. Let's ask get it. Charlemagne and DJ Envy anything. Call up now. 800-585-1051 The Breakfast Club It's that time again Ask Charlemagne and DJ Envy anything Pick it up, pick it up, pick, pick it, it up It's time to ask CNE. Morning everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Yee is out, so it's time for Ask CNE if you need relationship advice And who do we have on the line? Good morning Good morning Hey, what's your name? Renita. What's the matter, Renita? Why you sound so upset, mama? Um, my boyfriend and I, we live together, but he decided he does not want to be in a relationship with me anymore, but we still live together. We have to coexist. He doesn't drive to work. I drive him to work every morning. Oh, that has to stop. Um, he broke up with you, and now he still wants the benefits yeah. of being able to be able to sleep with you and get your, your car and be able to use your car and use your lights and your electricity and all of that? Yeah. Nah, that got to stop right there, mama. He doesn't have a driver's license or a drive, so I feel I would feel bad if he. Does, does he feel bad when he work. just broke your heart and broke up with you and said he don't want to be with you no more? Did he feel bad? He don't like your driving. That's why he broke up with you. <laughs> That's no, what it he, is. He don't like your driving. No, I even the, call him on three way. Call him on three way right now. Call, the, call him on three way. Yeah, word. I don't care. Okay, call him on three way. Let's see three-way. if he answers. What's his name? Let me see if he'll pick up. He'll pick call up. Call him on three-way for Yeah, real? yeah, let's yes. call him on three-way. If he don't pick up, he don't love you. What kind of job you got? Oh, she must be calling. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and... He didn't pick up. So what do you want us to do? I just want advice. Like, you, y'all think I should stop driving him to work? And we have to be together. Yes. We're on the lease together. Yes. You're not going to listen. You. you love that man. You ain't going nowhere. That PP too good. Y'all been having too much unprotected sex. You ain't ready to walk yet. It's a fi- and it's a five-year relationship, so I don't want to leave. Exactly. Yeah, but you got to, you know, right now he's just using you. The fact that he broke up with you, he could still sleep with you. He could still use you to take him around. You got to stop that. You got to let him know, like, look, like, oh, if it's over, it's over. I'm not driving you around. I, no, I'm not doing that no more. You find you find your new bitch to drive you now around. that I agree with. You got to set boundaries. And being that he don't want to be your man is certain... Um, perks he don't get so you can't be his uber no more nope you know what i'm saying you can't give him the poom poom on demand no more poom poom you know what don't i mean don't cook for him none of that stuff he gotta do all that on his own treat him like a roommate that's right that's it tell him so i guess we roommates now so treat him like a roommate i don't have sex with my roommates either. he gotta sleep on the couch he can't sleep with you in the same bed 
I don't drive my roommates to work. Sorry. That's right. Okay. All right. You ain't gonna listen. You are gonna sleep with them tonight. You better listen. No. Watch. I'm listening. All right, mom. You gonna sleep with them tonight? Don't lie. Good luck. I'm not. I'm gonna listen. All right. Good well, give luck. us. I wanna. I want you to call us back next week and tell us how this went, please. Now, hello. Who's this? It's Erin. Hey, mama. What's up? Ask C and E. Yes, I have a question. I want to know, do I have a right to be mad or am I being pitied? Uh, me and my fiance, we've been together for five years, and we spend literally every single holiday together. Like, we don't even have to have a conversation about it. It's just automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year for Easter, he just told me two days ago that he was going to church and then work. Without you? And it's like very last minute. <laughs> so, so he told you. He's, he's very organized, very prompt. He is very, very organized. How long y'all been together? Five years. Five, Five years. years. So wait a minute. So you said he's going to church and going to work, hanging out with his family and didn't tell you and invite you? Yes. I was talking about it the other day, trying to see what I was going to wear to church. And he was like, oh, no, I'm going to church and then I'm going to work. Well, Damn. listen, he's making a, he's, 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 he's doing something he really shouldn't be doing right now. He's breaking a rule. A rule is spending holidays with his side chicks. His side chick invited him to church on Sunday, and he's going with her. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It sounds kind of odd that he's not taking you to church and not taking you to work when you've been together five years. You've been doing everything with him, and now all of a sudden he doesn't want to go yes. with you. I'm sorry to say mm-hmm. that he, he might he might have another family on the side. Mama. No, I don't think he got another family because y'all been together five years. But he has been with this side chick for way too long, and he's getting too close to her, and he's going with her to church on Sunday. You go to church on Sunday. You make sure you take your ass to church with him on Sunday. And you're going to find him Easter egg hunting with another family, and you're going to have a fit. Well, but he don't want me to come. Well, you better go. What that mean? You got a car. I don't know. You got Uber. Yes. You got money. You better pop up at that church, if you know what, what I know. That's right. Pop up at that church the way Jesus popped up on Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> okay. All right. Good luck, and, and tell us how it works out. Okay. Thank you. All right, see that? We helping lives. I love it. As C and E, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, hit us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. That time again! Ask Charlemagne and DJ Envy anything. Pick it up, pick it up, pick, pick it, it up. up. It's time to ask C and E. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We I'm... are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask C and, and, and let the record show, uh, our, our camera guy, Nick, and Dramos, our board op, said that we give terrible advice. I thought it was great advice. You I think it's great advice. two couples in a matter of four minutes. Well, <laughs> at least we give them a reason. We're not just telling them to leave like Angela Yee do. Angela be like, leave. Just leave. Why we do? We giving them options. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Big Rich. What's up, Rich, man? What's your question for C&E? Uh, here's my thing, man. I kind of got myself into a similar entanglement. Uh, maybe as this guy had described, I was at a truck stop and uh, we were talking about smoking and, you know, it was a little questionable to begin with there. But uh, What happened now? <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you were at a truck stop with another guy. You were smoking weed and then what happened? Well, what I thought was weed, yeah, I ended up getting a little bit more high than I thought. We went back to my rig. Oh, you found him attractive. Hold on. Let me yep. sit up for this one. Hold on now. <laughs> you said, hold on. You said, so you found yeah. him attractive? Yeah. And Wait, y'all, y'all went attractive? Attractive, attractive. You found him attractive. No, man. I, I'm going to get into detail, but I'm going to tell you that I woke up and I was entangled in the seatbelt, and uh, this was this was probably 24 to 32 hours later. This was an update New York that it had started. Oh, so you talking about the donkey the day I gave to Greg Kelly? So something like that happened yeah, to you? Man. If basically, but, but my question would be is, 
because I woke up and I felt weird. Everything smelled weird. So I'm amazed. Am I responsible? What it smelled like? And do I, what it smelled like? I can't even. I can't. I can't even. I, don't, I can't even put any details on it. I feel so uncomfortable even recalling this situation. Are you responsible for what, sir? For what had happened, man. I felt like a different person. I, I, well, first of all, I don't, I don't know what happened, happened, but it sounds like you're implying that he was penetrated. This guy took advantage of you, and no, you're not responsible. If you got high with this person, and you know you were high and you don't remember what happened, and he had sex with you, he raped you. Yeah. I don't know if there was any penetration, or if he had just gone rooting around looking for something that maybe he thought he was going to find. Well, that's where it is. Am I responsible? Do I even want to think about this situation? No. All I know is I was tied up. I was wrangled. So when Bro. you woke up, what position were you in? Seriously, like, what, what do you remember? You, did you wake up, like, and you had to pick yourself up off your stomach? Like, was you on your back? Like, what was you? where was you at? Were your pants down? Like, what happened? Yes. Uh, I mean, I had a shirt on, but the front of my head was in the cab, and my rear end was in the back seat. So and, the entire truck was a disaster. And you don't know who this guy is at all? No, I have no idea who it was. So he just. I was more confused and I was so embarrassed about the whole thing. I told a couple of my buddies, but I've kind of become this running joke now. Yeah, you're not responsible for this, sir. What happened to you is not your responsibility. Uh, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. You were taking than that. advantage for. If you could remember the guy's truck, I, I would definitely call the police. Yes. Um, because it's not right. And uh, clearly, I mean, this guy is out there doing this. Th- you, it's not funny. You were raped. Yes. And I think you need to call the police and get this guy arrested. And this guy has done this clearly before. Before, absolutely. You know what I mean? He was a professional. He had a plan, and uh, it wasn't weed. That's Damn. the only thing to look out for with this whole situation. Some people get funky. They want to get weird with it. They'll put whatever they can inside of that wrap. Yeah, you just smoke on it. Let me tell you something. I respect you. Yep. And the main reason I respect you is because you're telling this story. Uh, a lot of men don't tell this story you enough. Know. Stuff like this does happen to men. And, you know, we don't we don't take it as seriously as we should. But I yeah. feel, I feel like you want to say April Fool's right now. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm, I'm super weird, bro. I just, I heard, I heard what you guys were talking about. And that was the first thing that popped up into my head. There have been a couple situations that I'm basing this off of, though, where that could be true. I got a couple buddies that I've got in over their head, and I can't, I can't go in on those stories because it probably was illegal. But uh, this is not an April Fool's joke. No. Nah, man. Unfortunately, you, not, dude. Damn. It is what it is. All right, well, you know, I would try to think about it. I definitely would go to the police station. Maybe somebody else has left a report like that that's similar to yours, and hopefully they can catch the person yeah. that uh, drugged you. But because I'm sure that I'm sure it's more guys with this more stories. If you were sitting at a truck stop, you'd definitely be plotting on people. And it's not your fault, bro. It's not. It's, yeah, definitely it's not, not your fault, fault, my guy. Well, I appreciate that. If you're ever upstate, stop in the Big Rick's small engine repair shop, and I'll probably give you a 10 percent discount depending on how I'm feeling that day. But appreciate you, man. All right, Tyler, man. You be good. Don't go doing anything I didn't do. Okay. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, right, but I can guarantee you that I won't. All yeah. right. Yeah, you're a dirty dog. All right, man. It's not your fault. I think that and was it, April Fool's, bro. And if it does happen, you should go to the police because... Yes, uh, man or you, woman. You were raped, absolutely, and it's not right. Um, so hopefully it wasn't... Uh, hopefully, I, I mean, I don't even know. Hopefully he gets the help. Hopefully he gets to the police station because I'm sure if this guy did it to him, I'm sure he's probably done it before. And so I would think that a guy... guy the streets. I would think that a guy who does that to other guys, that's what he's banking on. He's right. banking on... This dude will never tell. Right. You know he what I mean? feels embarrassed. Absolutely. All right. Well, we got rumors on the way. We'll tell you about Travis Scott. He's making a lot of money. Yep. And we'll tell you all about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Now drop a bomb for Travis Scott. Why? He set a record yesterday for the highest rate of sale in a debut for any variety pack in Anheuser-Busch Seltzer history. The hell are you talking about? So you know he has this spike, uh, this spike seltzer that he has that came out a couple of, I think like a week ago, two weeks ago. But the sales are through the roof, and he's making a lot of money off of it. These things are selling off the shelf, and he's making buku dollars off of it. I mean, Travis Scott makes a lot of money in endorsements, and clearly we see why. Because his, you know, his fans are, are are rapid. They go out there and they consume the stuff he's endorsing. You know, I was having this conversation uh, with my son the other day, and we was talking about influence. And he was, my son was like, Drake is the biggest artist, and we, we were going back and forth. And I was like, yeah, but I think Travis Scott has the biggest influence between the two. I, mm. Maybe I'm wrong, but every time mm. Travis Scott puts something out, it goes through the roof. Whether it's McDonald's, whether it's Jordan, whether it's nah, I'm, Cacti, I, I, nah, whether, whatever he does. He has a huge influence when it comes to items. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, I mean, Hove, Hove had that same kind of influence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even somebody like a Lil Wayne. Like when people want to look like you and they want to dress like you and they want to be you, yeah, you can pretty much sell them what you're pushing. All right. Now, uh, also, or, or people trust you, you know what I mean? They trust. They trust what you what you pushing on them. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday, Travis Scott said, "I'm not gonna lie. Who be putting mayo on fries? Your 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 in laws probably. <laughs> the generous. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> probably. I don't know why he put that out. He says, ah, nah, I don't eat mayo with fries. But I would say this. I had a nanny, and my nanny loved mayo with fries." And used to get my children into eating the mayo with fries, nah. but we stopped that immediately. It was like, nah, that's that's just that's just disgusting. I don't like calling people nanny because I'm from Charleston, South Carolina, so it's just like you got to come up with another word. And Charleston, South Carolina, nanny mean doo doo. Yeah, ain't say nanny. No. Yes, I don't like that. I don't like but that. But then again, nanny, nanny, poo poo. Was that the same? I don't know nothing about no. that. Also, a uh, boy mouth smell like nanny, any? Uh, also, uh, <laughs> two chains was out and about yesterday. He was in a gas station, and when he walked out. He's seen that they were bootlegging his album. They had it on CD. He was pretty pissed off about it, but he bought all the copies of his album that was in the store. But I was like, who still plays CDs? I have no idea. That's just like, I don't even know if they still do it, but they used to be in Times Square trying to sell you CDs. I'm like, who has a CD player? Yeah, that, that doesn't What album sense. from 2 Chains was they bootlegging? He got a million of them. Was it the mixtapes? Was it? So Help Me God. Okay, the new one. All mm-hmm. right. Okay. So Help Me God. Now, Remy Ma, she was on Wendy Williams, and Remy says, I did not shoot nobody. And I believe her. When you went to prison, you did it for shooting a woman. No. See, see, this is the thing. Everyone that is in prison is not guilty. The same way everybody that's walking around in the streets is not innocent. Did not know this girl, wasn't my best friend. All of these things that was said all over these years yeah. were not true. But once you're in prison, no one cares. And once you come home, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life trying to prove to people, like, I didn't know this person. I found out her last name when y'all found out when y'all read it in the newspaper. Was there a reason for you shooting her? Or did you have a gun and it just... Well, I didn't shoot anybody. Whatever Remy said she didn't do, she didn't do it. I believe it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Respect Miss Mackey. Drop on the clues bombs for Miss Mackey, goddammit. Love Remy Ma, you hear me? Shout out to Remy Ma. Salute to my guy, Pat Poose. Peace, God. Pat, what up? Now, also, lastly, 21 Savage, he said to executive produce uh, Spiral. Now, uh, from the book of Saw. Now, this is a, a produced horror film from Chris Rock, and 21 Savage is doing the soundtrack, which is pretty dope. I love 21 Savage. 21 Savage, get busy. That makes so much sense, because 21 Savage has a he has a supervillain vibe to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they're like a good supervillain, though. 
Like like Magneto almost. Yeah, so the the film will be out May 14th, and the soundtrack is produced by 21 Savage. Like I said, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson are in it, and I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, I don't usually watch horror movies, you know what I'm saying? I don't pay people Gotta to scare me. Gotta support Chris Rock, though. Yeah, I want to I see what Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson do with that um that, that horror franchise saw, though. Yeah. All right, and that is your rumor oh, report. And but- listen, um, for uh, everybody... Uh, thank you for supporting We've Got Answers. It's the Audible original that um, I dropped yesterday. Mm-hmm. And if you're out and about in L.A. or, you know, you're in New York and you see the uh, We've Got Answers billboard with myself and uh, Queen Tamika Mallory and Queen Ebony K. Williams and Triple OG King Dr. Claude Anderson on it, um, take a picture and send it to me because I haven't seen it yet. But, you know, We Got Answers is a project that I put together. It's for if you're tired of having to educate your, your white friends about racism and white people, if you got questions you want to ask black people but don't want to appear racist or bigoted, this is the project for you. And I assembled a whole black brain brain trust you know, Dr. Claude Anderson, Tamika Mallory, Ebony K. Williams, David Bannon, Nori Muhammad, uh, Reverend Dr. William Barber, Erica Alexander, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, Jamila T. Davis, Nina Turner, Teslin Figaro, Dr. Alfie Noble, and attorney Carl Minor Smith. And it's available on Audible right now. It's Definitely. free if you got an Audible membership. So hit me up. I think people really need this energy in the ecosystem. I want to know what you think about it. Definitely check it out. All right. Mm-hmm. Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the mix is up next. Let's go. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Mountain Dew is partnering with HBCUs in an effort to uplift the next generation of badass black innovators and entrepreneurs with the Real Change Opportunity Fund Pitch Competition. Empowering students to go out and do. Visit mountaindew.com slash real change to enter. We are The Breakfast Club. I just want to remind uh, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, anybody in those surrounding areas, make sure you join me at our uh, car show. That's right, it's the Drive Your Dreams car show, your favorite celebrity cars, exclusive cars, cars from the paid in full section. Also bikes, bikes too. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. It goes down July 3rd, July 4th weekend. Uh, Hopefully you get your tickets. And also, if you wanna submit your bike or your car, or you wanna be a vendor, you can always email djnvcarshow at gmail.com. Let me shout out to The Beat in Atlanta, and also shout out to Lincoln Tech for being my partners in this car show. We do it each and every year. I think this Atlanta one is gonna be the biggest one by far. I think so too. Especially being that uh, it's probably the first car show that people have experienced in a whole goddamn year. Yeah, two years. Two it, years? Two, it'd be like two years, yeah, because I couldn't do it last year, so September to September. So yeah, it, it'll almost be two years, a year and about a year and a half. And tell them about the grand prize that you have for uh, somebody who has a better paint job than your beard. Any car that has a better paint job oh than the God. beard on Envy's face <laughs> is getting like a special like gift, no, right? No, there's going to be face painting, though, for kids. Thank you for that plug. Yeah, we are going to be painting kids' faces. So. Same kids who paint Envy's face every morning are going to be there painting uh, <laughs> painting your face. There's going to be face painting for kids. There's going to be a video game section for kids to be able to play video games. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So get your tickets. Okay, Of course, it, we only have a limited amount of tickets. Usually we can you know, have as many tickets as possible, but because of quarantine and pandemic, we have to limit it a little bit. So we're still going to have a lot of fun. Still going to be some people there, but it won't be as packed as usual, but that's a good thing. So you'll get to spend time and see the cars and really, really enjoy. So I'll see you guys July 3rd. We got a shout out to the McBride sisters for joining us this morning. That's right. If you've ever had Black Girl Magic Wine and you want to know the story behind Black Girl Magic Wine, it's all about the McBride sisters, man. So, you know, make sure you go to Breakfast Club's YouTube page, Breakfast Club Power 105.1, and check them out. All right. Well, 
When we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? I do. For uh, I want to thank everybody again, you know, who who has uh, checked out We've Got Answers on Audible. That's the Audible original I dropped uh, the, yesterday. It's free with an Audible membership. So, you know, if you get a chance this weekend, make sure you check out We've Got Answers on Audible. And my positive note is centered on that. The first step to receiving an answer is being brave enough to ask a question. Breakfast Club, bitches! We all finished? 